shoot. Pull back, step back, three. Bottom! The handoff. Jones for the tie. Oh, he's fouled! And one! He's still loose. Doherty the heave. Oh, oh my God! Southern Utah. Oh, Southern Utah is going to do something he's never done. What's up, everybody? The second episode of the Straight Out Whack podcast on this Thursday morning. It is UT Arlington Lady Mavs basketball season preview week. We just did CBU with Rick Croy, uh, the CBU men. But now we get, I want to say she's a college basketball legend. She's going to smile at that because she can hear me off screen right now. Uh, But we're going to bring in UTA women's basketball head coach, Sharika Wright. (laughs) Sharika? Uh, how is it going this morning in Arlington? Well, first of all, good morning, guys. So excited. Basketball season is right around the corner. So, you know, it's buzzing. We're excited. Uh, the gym is loud. Balls are bouncing. So this is the type of season that we're all looking forward to. I, I got to ask, I've seen videos. So we saw it last year. Uh, and then I saw one just a few days ago from a practice. You have this mantra of we're chasing rings. Like that's you say that in your team huddles. Is that just been always as a coach, or is that just kind of been since you got one with UTA a couple years ago that you've instilled that? Well, yeah, I think that that was something before I took the job, you know, here at UTA when, you know, Jim Baker gave me an opportunity to lead this program. Ultimate goal was to obviously develop young women, help them become the best student athlete that they possibly could. And then on top of it is to, you know, bring in rings, have those rings on their finger and chase that. But it's a process. You have to, you know, understand what that process is for you as your program, as a team, as a coach. And so when you, you know, sign up to come play here, and you devote that time to do that. You're chasing rings in the classroom. You're chasing rings on the court. You're chasing rings in the community. And so uh, we, we believe in that. We preach that. And um, and we stick with it. And, it. and it's worked for us. I want to I want to ask you a question about, you know, you talk about chasing rings in the classroom. My, my dad was a coach for so long. And he believed that if you were in class and you were getting your grades and you were taking care of that, that a student – may not have as much talent as say another student that was in and out of classes that was struggling with their grades. That student that was getting their grades and doing what they're supposed to be doing might have better success on the court. They'd be able to handle adversity a little bit better. Do you see that in the college ranks? Like do you, have you ever noticed that impact or is it kind of a little different than maybe high school wise? No, I I think it's a direct reflection right of how you have success I know I think you all know this too as you know you're growing up and your mom and your dad's talking about get up make your bed how you start your day matters right so it's the same thing applies when you're doing well in the classroom you know that success follows you on the on the court you know you're going to have success and there's going to be days you may stumble but majority of the time you know you you have that work ethic it's going to pay off for you and so uh, I, I do believe that. And I'll tell you, I'm a direct reflection of that. Um, it's It's been something that I've done, you know, over the years. I've worked hard. All I know how to do is work hard. That's been instilled in me and my family, my principals. We grew up like you work hard, you put in the work, you're a good person, you do right by people and success follows you. And, um, and I believe in that. And, um, and 
we do talk about that every day. That's been something that we talk about in this huddle I've been talking about. And I know we'll get into that with this roster piece, but we've been talking about little things matter, small things. I've been saying little things to small things, right? And so it's every little thing matters. And um, and that is get up, make your bed in the morning. You start off having a good day. Go to class, right? And then do your best in that classroom. Speak to that professor when you walk in. You know, if they don't speak to you, you enter the room, you speak. And so I think those things, again, lead to greater things, big things. And so um, they are, they're a direct reflection of it all. Okay. I told the fans when I introduced, and you heard me, that I'm going to bring up this Purdue connection. Okay. So I want to be the first to admit that when you guys entered the WAC, I didn't, I didn't look up to see where you had played. <laughs> I learned it after the season was over that you went to Purdue. Um, and it's kind of cool because my grandpa played basketball at Purdue way back in the day. Um, my dad's cousins, most of them that live in Indiana, went to Purdue. Uh, I have a couple of second cousins that went to Purdue. Uh, so they're all big Purdue fans. Um, and you're a three-time All-American from Purdue that took the Boilermakers uh, to the NCAA Final Four. Uh, you, were, I believe you were named to the all-tournament team. Is that right? Yeah, the Final Four all-tournament team in 2001 as a freshman. So talk to me about living in West Lafayette, your time at Purdue, I mean, and where you see them now. Like, do you still – I'm sure you still follow them and are in constant contact with them. I just find it awesome that there's a connection here. <laughs> So first off, you know, I was going to say I'm always boiler up, down, in and out, everything, because that's that was obviously a big part of how this all started for me, you know, and um, for me, Purdue, there were so many things that it taught me. You know, I got to play with all Americans with Katie Douglas, you know, Kelly Kamara, Camille Cooper and the tradition that followed with that. I remember watching 1999 with Stephanie White and Yukari Figs and and watching that team and Carolyn Peck beat, you know, obviously Louisiana Tech and then go and beat Duke in the finals there. Um, and that was just amazing to me. Tennessee, that first round game, right, at Mackey. And so did I think that I was going to go to Purdue? No. You know, I give Carolyn Peck a hard time about this all the time because we work together at Vanderbilt. I was like, you didn't even recruit me. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> and um and she's like, hey, we should recruit down there. So I understood that. And when Christy, you know, Curry got that job, and I remember talking to my dad about this because, uh, you know, we have a lot of family in Indianapolis. Uh, my parents ended up, when my dad retired, moving to St. Louis. And um, and I remember my dad was like, listen, you're four hours away. You know, I think you should take a look at this. And um, I just, I fell in love with it. Now, I'm not a big fan of the cold weather. You know, sure. that's just not. But uh, everything about it just sat right with me. And um, I wanted to go be a part of something. I wanted to be a part of helping, especially going in as a freshman. Um, I had had the accolades, had all these different things, but I knew coming into it, I had to learn a lot about the process. So four years there was amazing. Went to the final four my first year there, played Notre Dame, lost in the finals to that, you know, to them with Neil Ivey. And um, after that, you know, we, you know, it was, we won. You know, so it was instilled. I, I We knew what winning looked like. I knew what that looked like, whether it was conference, whether that was conference championships, regular conference, but went to the NCAA tournament every year. And something each year I learned about, you know, again, adversity, what it looks like to win a championship. So 
that was awesome on top of the academics in the classroom. It really, really challenged me at another level. Um, you know, you go there and um, it's different you know, from 120 hours where you're talking about 140 hours. So I was like, man, I'm going to be in school forever here. But it taught me a lot about discipline and it taught me a lot about really, really, really working in that classroom at another level to have success on that court. And so, uh, yes, a lot of great accolades to be able to uh, be in the Hall of Fame there. You know, it's amazing. Katie Geralds, who now is the head coach there, was my teammate uh, for one year. So I am so excited for her. I know that that program is going to continue to do very well. And so, you know, I'm always rooting for them through and through. So I'm always, I'm buller up all, all the way every day. Love it. Love it. Now I, I was trying to look it up. I was curious, were you there in the fall when Drew Brees was playing his last season there? Is that right? Oh, absolutely. You know, so that's the time too when Coach Tiller was recruiting a lot in Texas. We had a lot of Texas players that were going to the Midwest to Purdue. And so, you know, you had Jock Rees and Drew Brees, and it was unbelievable, like, to be a part of that. They went to the Rose Bowl that year, and I'm not a big football fan, but I do remember, you know, those things like that. And uh, it was amazing. I mean, he obviously coming from Westlake and being able to go up there and playing in that system was, was great. And so that was a really a big time connection because we were, they were pulling a lot of uh, student athletes from Texas um, going up to the Midwest and playing, you know, at Purdue. So, you know, you saw a lot of greatness, greatness just, you know, in every sport uh, that was happening at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. I want to ask you one last question about West Lafayette. Did you ever go to Bruno's pizza? Ah, yes. Which is right down the street from. So my second cousin, Sean, his wife, Angela, her family owns that restaurant. Really? Yeah. So uh, we've been to back there a few times in the cat last couple of years, and we always hit up Bruno's when we go back there. So I had to ask. It's a, oh, it's like a pizza. It's one of those places that you have to go when you go to West Lafayette. For yeah, sure. it's uh, it's it's unique, right? And so when you go in there, you that's that one spot you must stop at when you go back to West Lafayette. So the next time that I'm there, actually, when I was there for my um, induction, I did go by Bruno's. Yeah, actually. So I listen. I know about that good pizza there. Wacky eats people. If your teams ever go play at Purdue, Bruno's Pizza just a recommendation. And we got a Purdue Hall of Famer that is recommending it. So I just want to throw that out. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about this roster schedule, stuff like that. For the Actually, you know what? We're going to talk first about your experience first season in the WAC. Uh, what, what's different from the WAC, from the Sun Belt to the WAC? What you kind of learned um, in terms of maybe recruiting thoughts, what you need to recruit, who you need to recruit, what kind of players, um, and just your experience overall in the WAC. Yeah. So, you know, Kyle, I think you remember this, you know, when we we lost in that first round to Seattle and I sat on that podium and, you know, a couple of things that I wanted to, you know, talk about was just how competitive the WAC was from top to bottom. Uh, when you when you're not in the league like that or you don't hear about a lot of different teams, you just don't really know, like the styles of play or going into a new conference of how you have to prepare, because, to be honest with you, the Sun Belt, when I was hired here, you know, we had that first year and I talked about this. You know, we had that similar year that first year I was in there where we lost in that first round. And, and I'm like, hey, there's some pieces that, you know, we're missing that we've got to make sure that we we adjust and address in the next year. And we did that and had success that second year in the Sun Belt um, ended up winning that. 
Um, and so we were built for that because the Sun Belt, we talked about athleticism, you know, the styles of play of transition. It, it was that we had to really kind of really get to competing, had to get a roster that could do that. But we, I thought we had a great mixture of that with experience that year we won, athleticism, having a player that, you know, players that could do different things, versatility. And I am big on size and all positions. And and I felt we had that that year we won and, and had, you know, really, you know, had success in the NCAA tournament with that. And um, we go into year three and we utilize the, the transfer portal, as I think most coaches, you know, would do at that time. What we did know, obviously, and I'll tell you some of the the, the um, challenges that we had in the WAC, obviously trying to figure out the travel. Styles of play are different. Where we're in the Sun Belt, we could play a game on a Thursday, stay the night, rest, watch film, and then get on a bus and then travel to our next destination and be there and be fine. WAC was a little bit different. You know, you're having to catch early flights to make sure you can get to places, letting our kids, you know, we haven't been there before, hadn't been in the arenas before, where I think a lot of people feel like, does that really matter? It does matter. It does matter when you you know the environment, you know what to expect, you know where to go eat at, you know where to go stay. Like all of those things, those little bitty things I've been talking about matter. Styles of play in the WAC are so different. And so when you're trying to prepare, you're doing – and say you're playing a Cal Baptist one night and you got to turn around and play, let's say you got to go play a Grand Canyon, different styles of play. And um, you're really trying to help your, your team prepare. And so with that, I thought we had some struggles with that in the season. I felt from top to bottom, I felt like our, our roster was talented, but I'll tell you, and, um, and this is one of the things, Kyle, I think, you know, and Daryl too, I'll talk about it too. I think for me as a coach, I grow through that and I I'm transparent. And um, we, we, we had a roster that I felt like that I did not do a good job of meshing together, uh, especially through adversity, because we I mean, this I, this I feel like top to bottom, we played some really, really great teams and we have some really, really great coaches in our league. And um, the things that we did well in the Sun Belt, obviously defensively, we were very, very good defensively. We struggled with, you know, last year defending the three. Uh, we just did not do a very good job. And I felt like inside, we just didn't really have enough to defend that. When you're talking about Star Jacobs and what she did so well for this league, you know, there are challenges to where, you know, again, having to play, you know, different players within inside, that's different. And then on the perimeter, when you have grad transfers that come in, they, and usually it takes you a year to really get used to a league where it matters when you've had players that have played together. And so, we, we, we struggle with those things. And, um, you know, 14 and 17, you know, we had a very challenging non-conference schedule, um, which I, you know, I, I believe in those things. But, you know, you kind of learn from it because, again, having so many new faces, you have to be able to understand, OK, leadership matters. Right. Roles matter. And um, and we have to be able to to make sure that we address those things. So took notes as we went through the season last year, did that reevaluated some things, made changes, made some very tough changes. And um, and I feel like that's going to benefit us in the long run. Um, completely different looking roster, challenging myself, you know, as a head coach, challenging my staff as assistant coaches. And then uh, we, we, we brought in some players that we felt like I needed to coach that fit my culture and standards. And um, and I'm excited about what we've put together. 
Yeah, Sharika, you guys, um, obviously, everybody knows about the additions of Talia Clark and Avery Brittingham, interconference transfers. But I want to he hear about some of these transfers you've added. You added a of real efficient three-point shooters this in this class. Um, so just talk about some of the newcomers we can expect to see on the floor right out of the gates. Yeah, absolutely. So when I, we talked about the transfer portal piece, right. And uh, one of the things that, you know, I looked at is, is that it's hard about the portal. I think everybody can sit here and say, it is hard to know whether or not that, that player can fit into your system. And, there were a couple of things for me. I, I told our staff, let's kind of just go in a different route. We will tap into the transfer portal, but I like, like you just talked about with Talia and Avery, we saw those players. Like we, I got a chance to really, really see what they did for our, their programs. They came from, obviously Avery came from winning. She knows what winning looks like. That was important for me. And then Talia, obviously, again, their records may not have been indicative of, of that of winning, but they had been in a lot of games. Their system and what Susie did there was 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 really big. And so I said, hey, let's tap into JUCO. Like, I, I feel like that is something that we probably need to address a little bit more. And when you look at that roster, you know, a lot of our players that we got, you know, was in those JUCO National Championship. They were played deep into that. And so, you know, you look at Callie Haslip that was at Southern Idaho, um, Loved her body. Um, this is a kid that we saw late in Lubbock. Um, fresh, you know, she was a freshman there. And um, I, I loved her versatility. I feel like she's a three-level scorer. Um, her body build comes in perfect for us within the whack, the physicality that she can be able to play on the wing and play inside. I think that that would be really, really good for us. Ari Lee came from Oberly, long athletic player. Again, um, came from a system that she could do three level, three level score. As you're going to see me talking about this, I felt like we needed versatility. We need players that again, that can score at all three levels. We did not shoot the ball particularly well, as you know, last year. And, and I looked at our league and that's what we saw a lot of. And um, we obviously, when we did this roster, you know, again, Star Jacobs was in the middle. We needed to put players around her that could really keep the floor spread and keep people honest. I felt like she could do that as well, too. Um, we added uh, Hannah Humphrey that came from Blendrian College. Again, high, prolific scorer. Uh, she can shoot the ball. We love the size of her, and then we love the athleticism, and she's got the quickness piece. But then we tapped into the transfer portal again and did some different things. We added Mango Mutanda that came from Jacksonville State. Again, played you know in junior college, had success there, won a championship there. We added Gia Adams that came from Tennessee State that was the OVC freshman of the year. And then, you know, we added some inside. We needed some inside presence, right? We went and got Adela Valkova that came from uh, UTEP. And then we added DJ McFarland that came from Tennessee Tech that was in the NCAA tournament. So with that, you know, Daryl, players that know what winning looks like and they understand the process and I think the biggest thing with all of this is that the culture piece. And I asked those things. We talked about that. I really hit on a lot of different things in my when we brought them here on campus. We spent time in the film room. We talked about things. I wanted to really know what the three things that was important to them. If I didn't hear culture, how can I help my team win? You know, whatever I need to do to help my team win. I just really wasn't interested in that because I felt like we can help develop these players 
help them develop into another role that we needed them to play here. And I felt from top to bottom, even with our freshmen, I felt really, really good about that. And so I felt like those are the things we were missing last year, and I feel like we have that now. The uniqueness in having to recruit, now that the COVID year is kind of going away, uh, that extra year for the COVID, the, the transition to maybe getting back to recruiting freshmen, you know, high school seniors and stuff like that, like how – fine is that balancing act that you kind of have to walk to determine, you know, like you said, that culture that you're trying to build. Well, it's, it's, it's really, really important, Kyle. Um, again, I look at it at this level compared to the power five. And, and that's the really good thing about me and, and a lot of other coaches. I got a chance to spend a lot of time at power five, but in those jobs I were in, that was, I was in at Texas Tech and Alabama, even at Vanderbilt, those were rebuilding. We were rebuilding programs. And what I learned from Christy Curry, you know, we did. We had to mix that in. We had to, until we could get the right players, like with freshmen, we had to go get some junior college, you know, players. We had to go get some kids within the transfer portal that, again, that had success. And it worked for us at Texas Tech. It took us some time, but it worked for us. It worked for us at Alabama. And Christy Curry obviously understands that. And I took that piece. At Vanderbilt's a little bit different, right? You know, you're looking academically. There's some different things. There's some challenges of taking junior college players. So we had to really, really tap into, okay, can we get one or two freshmen, one that is a top, you know, 70 player, and then can we get some role kids that are going to be hard-nosed, they're going to work hard, they're going to be high-character kids. And as we start to build this, they've been in the system, and obviously you need an AD that understands the process is going to give you time to do that that's going to work for you. That's been the same thing that's, that's here for us. I feel at the mid-level, what you're going to deal with is that I don't think you have time to really take a lot of freshmen. You don't have time for that. And so it's, hey, get one or two. And then as your season starts to go on, as they become juniors and, and, and you know sophomores and juniors, hopefully they stay in your, in your system. Because when you have success, right, you always got some that's kind of tugging at you. That's, that's the life that we're living right now, right? You have success at the mid-level. You're going to have a lot of other institutions, power fives. I'm like, oh, man, let's go get this kid because they've had success. So you're really, really trying to instill a culture, a relationship, you know, to where they will stay in that, that they grow and they develop. So it's going to kind of help you to be able to compete for championships every year. Let's break down the schedule, Daryl. I know you got questions about it. So let's bring in those. Let's bring those questions. Yeah, um, Shrika, another really good job on the scheduling front. First off, I want to hit on your WAC CUSA Alliance matchups, um, a rematch with New Mexico State, um, and I believe it's Jacksonville, if memory serves. Yes, um, Jacksonville State. Yep. Yes. Talk about those two matchups and the WAC CUSA Alliance in general, and your just your thoughts on the two confer- conferences combining to maybe help each other out in a scheduling uh yeah, well, first off, I mean, I, I think that that's great to be able to be a part of a challenge because it gives you, you know, opportunities to play different styles of, you know, of teams that you may not always get to see within the WAC. And, uh, you know, I kind of laughed. I was like, man, you know, you get a team that you just played in your conference and then you got to play them again. But that's a good thing. You know, obviously, Jody, you know, a lot of respect for her. Her teams are, are, are defensive minded. You know, they, they're tough. You know, we, we struggled there when we went there last year, um, did not play a our, our game was not very good there at all. And so, you know, it, what we look to see from her again, another a team that's going to challenge us defensively. 
um, that's going to really challenge us to be tough and to have to be able to execute. So I love that matchup. I love the fact that, again, you have somebody that you're familiar with already that you got to get to prepare for it. That's always a hard thing, right? Because, you know, we got that and you got to go into, you know, whack and got to play a team within the whack. But at least we kind of already know scouting wise the style of play for, you know, from Jody in New Mexico State. So definitely excited about that. Um, and then we go to Jacksonville State and go down there to play um, down in Alabama. You know, I, obviously when I had my time at Alabama, we played and at played Jacksonville State. Again, different styles of play, but again, athletic. You know, you're going to be able to do some different things. It's going to challenge us. And you're on the road. I think that you you build a lot about your team when you can compete on the road and win on the road. That second year when we had success, we had a lot. We won on the road. And it challenges your team. And so I think that's kind of what we focused on a little bit there. So I think that that's a great combination of two teams that, you know, very similar in style that want to get up and down the floor and that will defend you with that. So um, I, I like that we have that in our in our challenge. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, you have – I'm looking at one, two, three non-conference home games. That's quite a schedule. And not one non-division one game. Like, I, I'm i going to clap to that because, <laughs> you know, I know teams want to get home games. I know I just I, – I that that's one thing that I like to see is challenge yourselves with, with division one games, opponents that are going to impact your net. And in the terms of WAC, they're going to impact your WAC resume seating system, give you more opportunities. So I, I applaud that big time. Yeah. Uh, in terms of schedule, too, I want to ask, do you like that you have two WAC games? I mean, early on, let's see, November 29th, mm -hmm. uh, you get Abilene Christian in Abilene um, in West Texas, and then you get Grand Canyon back at College Park Center on December 2nd. Do you like having those two and then having a little bit break? Or would you just prefer all of them kind of together? Well, two things. And I wanted to kind of go back, Kyle, to your point about the home games. Well, you know, when we start talking about the scheduling, the WAC did it. So you're looking at 20 games that you've already gotten, you know, scheduled for yourself. It does make scheduling a little bit tougher for you. Like you really sit down with your assistant coach and like look at this and like we got to be very strategic on how we schedule things where, you know, you're looking at the building. Can we get these games? And it was difficult to be, I would be honest with you to really kind of look at that. And so, uh, so we, we, we really made sure that we focused on where we're playing at. You got guarantee games. There's a lot of things that go into that, that you got to make sure that fits your team and you don't put your team in such a hole. Right. Um, I, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I've never done this before, right? You're playing, two conference games and then you got to break and you're coming back to it. I know the ACC does it a lot. Um, and so this is also another challenge for all of us now, like how, how do we do this? You know, we dive into conference and then we go back out of conference. But again, I think that it helps us. Cause I will tell you, if I had to do this last year, I don't know how we would have kind of responded to it. Cause we'd never seen, you know, we had never seen the, the, the teams before. I think right. now we know what to expect. We did not play very well at Abilene Christian, so we know how to prepare for that now. And then, obviously, we know it's always great battles, you know, obviously with Molly when we come here uh, with Grand Canyon. And so um, we, we we'll know how we're preparing for that. And it does matter that you do have two players that have been in the conference that knows what to expect to help a team that is have so many new players on it to help prepare them for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how, you know, this year – 20, I, I believe it's 22 of your 31 games were basically already 
determined for you because you add on those two WAC CUSA games. Uh, so you're you're looking at the schedule of nine other non-commerce games, which, like you said, you have to be strategic about. I I will say I may be coming to College Park Center when you host Lamar University on November 10th for homecoming weekend. Yeah, we got to get you so, a shirt, Kyle. It's homecoming. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to work it out. I still have to talk to my wife, my loving wife. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if we can make that planned out. I do want to throw something out that I just learned today. Um, it is Sharika Wright's birthday. So happy birthday, Sharika Wright. Thank you, Kara. Thank you, Daryl. appreciate it. I yeah, that's uh, some good stuff. I'm glad that we got you on on this day so we could give you a happy birthday shout out. Uh, Daryl, do you have any final questions for Sharika before we let her get back to her team and practice and prepping? We're less than 50 days away from tips, so she's got a lot on her plate right now. Um, you're two in the whack. Um, I'm curious to understand to know how you know how your team has a will ha- have a better grasp of the traveling situation. Um, obviously, you have players from Seattle and SFA who you know know those cities. But after one go around, do you really have a full grasp of how to travel in the WAC, where to eat, where to stay, how to prepare your team? Because, you know, Thursday, Saturday, you know, like you mentioned it, you know, you know, starting out, say, hypothetically at CBU and then going to, you know, GCU or Seattle on that same trip, that's a tough trip. And then to fly home and then play, say, an SUU or a Abilene Christian. So do you guys really feel like after one go around, do you have a good handle on the travel in the WAC? I mean, very good question, Daryl. Um, I would say yes, but then I think about it. Last year, there were some places that we didn't go, right. yep. you know? And so now, you know, we're, everybody's having to play each other, you know, twice. And so, um, you know, we didn't go to Southern Utah last year. So we don't really know what that's like. And so, you know, I, I would sit here and tell you, I'll, I'll be lying to you and say, oh, yeah, we got it. But I'm not going to say that. Um, no, I don't, I don't necessarily say that we got it. I think that we have half of that. I think we know how we probably need to travel, whether we, you know, leave in the morning or how we, we talk to different teams about times that we do play. I think that that's been some of the things that we've talked about with each team. You know, do we look to start games earlier so we give each other a chance to be able to get out and get to the next place instead of not having to spend an additional night places? Um, you know, you're talking about academics and where, you know, your kids getting tired mentally. So I think all of those things play a factor. How do you really help your, your team navigate through that? Cause travel, I'm, I'm away from my bed. This is not the norm sleeping. It's all different. And so it just takes a lot of creativity thinking outside the box. How do you keep your, your players engaged? But it is, I'll tell you, team building has been big for me this year. We did not do that. I've not done that since I've been here. And um, I had Marquisha Grant that came in that played at South Carolina for Don Staley, who understands that piece. And we really challenged our kids on some different things mentally. And um, I think that that's going to help us along the way, you know, Daryl, as we go through this. But it's about one game at a time. I thought we kind of overlooked some things because we're just trying to prepare. But we're just going to really take it one game at a time and be the best that we can be at that very moment, be where our feet are. I think we're going to have to have another podcast episode in late February after that trip to Southern Utah and Utah Tech, so you can tell us how you how you managed that trip. I'm very interested because Cedar City is not the easiest place to get to. I'm not going to worry you with that now, but uh, 
I just wanted to put that on your plate that Cedar City is not the easiest place to get to. Well, so, we're going to be there a whole entire – like, we're going to be spending a whole entire week there because of where our game fell at. So, we obviously going to have a little time to be able to travel. But, hey, listen, uh, I told our kids we will not make excuses. Yep. We will not do that. Um, we will accept what we have in front of us. And, hey, we will deal with it as it comes. All right, Shariga, since it's your birthday, I got to ask. Favorite cake or cupcake that somebody, you know, if they're listening to this, that they can say happy birthday and present you with something, you know, or when you have birthday cake later today or maybe your team presents it. Like what what's your favorite? What's your go to? Oh, it's confetti cake. Of course. Confetti like cake I, is awesome. I'm, I, I'm a big kid through and through. I went to go see Barbie last night and uh, for the first time, the only one at the theater, you know, um, so it was awesome. So I, that that's my little deal. Like. If anybody want to know a fun fact about me, I love Barbies, love video games, my kid, uh, listen, She-Ra, all that stuff. People probably don't remember that and stuff, but you guys probably do. But yeah, I'm big, confetti, all the way through. Confetti kick. You'll have to ask my wife. That's one of my favorites all time. <laughs> Gosh, the connection is there. Do you see this? This is awesome. This is why we have great podcast episodes. <laughs> UT Arlington, Lady Mavs, head coach Sharika Wright. Thank you so much for joining us on your birthday. Go enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Have up. Thanks for listening to the Straight Outta Whack podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Whack Hoops Digest and Facebook under Whack Hoops Digest for all your Whack Hoops news and information.